Hey everybody, producer Dave here. This week's member shows are all freebies at patreon.com slash echoplex. So head on over there, check out the member show, and if you feel like you get some value from it, go ahead and sign up at the $5 level and you can always get the member shows. Thanks. Read into the lyrics, don't let the fucking feel quench your thirst. As long as you remember. 
All right, welcome podcast listeners and thanks live viewers and live listeners for sticking around. This is The Plex. We do this show live every Sunday, 7 p.m. Pacific on Twitch, exclusively on Twitch, twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. Uh, not exclusively on Twitch. You could listen live at eplex.xyz on any device. Um, we just finished with the year in review, so we're running a little behind. I have the lights turned red here because it's almost nine. I have a cocktail here because it's almost nine. This week's shows, all of them, Starting last Sunday are freebies. You can go to patreon.com slash echoplex, download the audio or video of any of them. And while you're there, think about becoming a member. The $5 level, you get this stuff emailed to you anyway, and it really helps us out. And if you don't have the money or you're like, you know what? I've already fucking thrown bits at Dave and bought him all kinds of crap for his studio. And I missed a show. Just email me and I'll send you a link to the show. Even if I don't know you, they're like, hey, can I get the link to the video from last night? I'll just email it to you. Um, also, if you know how Twitch works and it's a night I didn't DJ, you could probably get around all of that. Although the local capture here is much higher quality. As we move into 2023, I want to remind everyone of one thing. Everything's fine and everything's fine and it's great. Thanks. Everything's fine and everything's fine and it's great. Thanks. Everything's fine. Everything's fine and it's great. <laughs> Thanks. Everything's fine and everything's fine. I hope you have a real nice day. The weather, the traffic, the time, and the news. How's your commute? What do you do? Sorry I'm late. I kept hitting snooze. It's just one of those days. You know what they say. It is what it is. Ignorance is bliss. When it rains, it pours. Couldn't ask for more. What goes around comes around all in good time. I guess that your guess is as good as mine. Everything's fine and everything's fine and it's great. Sore Loser Lake keeps going on fucking people's shows and posting her appearances to her Twitter. This is her on the Steve Bannon War Room. It's almost 10 minutes long, but that's actually pretty good for me because it was rather slow news week. So we'll, we'll maybe watch most of this. Sometimes, by the way, Steve Bannon will stick it to one of these people just for the fucking hell of it. So that's like what I'm hoping happens here. Because every, every once in a while, like when Mike Lindell was running around trying to be like a Republican celebrity... Every once in a while, Steve Bannon would stick it to him, not because Steve Bannon's a good person, but just because it's like kind of fun to stick it to people sometimes. So here we go. This is uh, Sore Lake, Sore Loser Lake on the Steve Bannon Show. What is your sense in the great state of Arizona is what's going to happen, whether it's tonight the Supreme Court does it or tomorrow night or in the next couple of days? What is going to happen to the great state of Arizona uh, when uh, 
the uh, Title 42 is lifted and remain in Mexico is uh, is not enforced, ma'am? Oh, the floodgates are going to open up. I mean, we know how bad it is here because we're suffering under Joe Biden's policies and a lack of leadership here in Arizona to take control of the border, which we have a right to do under the U.S. Constitution, Article 1, Section 10. But we don't have uh, anybody in our government who's willing to do that and protect the people. We are going to see the floodgates open wide up. We're going to open wide and we're going to see people pour in like we've never seen before. And watch as we watch the great replacement addiction and the drug overdoses go even higher. You talked about the numbers, Steve, that you just got. November was the worst month. Wait until we see the new numbers on fentanyl overdoses, which is taking out a generation of young people. That's going to skyrocket. The cartels control Arizona. The voters went to the ballot box in November because they're fed up. And the only way to stop me from stopping the cartels was to steal an election. It's all intertwined. She was single-handedly going to stop the fucking drug cartels. the roof even higher than it is. Like fucking out there with a, like some kind of Rambo gun. In shock when they see what happens to this great state of Arizona. If they think it's bad now with the southern invasion at our border. It's going to be the southern invasion. That's fucking terrifying order. Like within, I think, 24 hours of them lifting this. I'm not terrified of the southern invasion. I'm terrified of like the rhetoric audience that watch your show. Understand something with Carrie Lake. I mean, with uh, with Katie Hobbs, Katie Hobbs is running. And one of the people on her ticket was actually a lawyer for the cartel. Right. Who ran for secretary of state, who would be managing the elections in the future was was a lawyer for the cartels. Your, Your message was so powerful that Abbott immediately said, oh, I'm going to declare an invasion on the southern border, too. I'm going to declare it now. Was that yeah, nobody. Yeah, it was her. Carrie Hobbs is the first person who ever described um, refugees as an invasion. Yeah, you know what? That nobody ever described it in those terms before. Bannon's right. The fuck? She started putting back up the Mack trucks down the border. He was so humiliated by what you did. Mack trucks? Is there any doubt in your mind that Katie Hobbs is by far the most radical person ever to seek office in the United States? Oh, come on now. Didn't Smedley Butler run for office? High office about the sovereignty of the country and the sovereignty of the states that she would purport to lead, ma'am? Oh, absolutely. I mean, she's more radical than Gavin Newsom. And she's more dangerous. Gavin Newsom is not a radical. Gavin Newsom is like a corporate Democrat who's probably going to run for president in 2028. And we're probably going to have to be like, all right, I guess, and then vote for him. I don't think she's got a high IQ. I don't think she even realizes what the heck. <laughs> she doesn't have a high IQ. She has oh, no fuck. policy to change it. Her policy is to pour more money in down there to help uh, uh, bring in more people and, and deal with the crowds of people coming over rather than stop it, turn people around and say, do not enter. We're taking back control of the border. She is going who does she to think has control, control of the border? Somebody who's in office, who is controlled by people above her, and they're going to be calling the shots. She will be a puppet, and she has zero plan. I mean, she's a member of a political party and will caucus with the Democrats, sure. Been well, no, she's the governor. Wait a minute. No, no. She calls the shots. There are ways in which she will do what the Democratic Party does because she's a Democrat. But On a debate stage and respect the people of this state enough to tell them what her plans are. It's despicable. But this, is the the, reason. this lady, Katie Hobbs, she did the smartest thing in the world. She's like, oh, oh, the person who I'm running against is a wackadoodle, a complete fucking wackadoodle. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to shut the fuck up, actually, and people are probably going to vote for me. 
And that was a pretty good strategy. <laughs> it worked. They had to steal the election. They had to rig the election in broad daylight. They didn't care, Steve, how obvious it was. They didn't care that people who were standing in line could see right before their eyes that this election was being stolen. That this is so funny, the way the rhetoric flipped about, like, stay in line, stay in line. Because I remember there were people 10 years ago, 8 years ago, maybe, maybe 12 years ago, saying that if you're not in the building by the time like the polls closed, that you shouldn't be able to vote. Because there were big lines in cities. Now, now all of a sudden, they believe that a bunch of their people were in line. I don't know who was in line. It was probably a, just a healthy mix of the electorate, right? But they believe that it was mostly their people in line. And now it's like, oh, they got disenfranchised because they had to stay in line for a long time. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Go talk to any, anybody who's been organizing in Atlanta or Detroit for the last 20 years. It's how dangerous I am to their plan to keep this state run by the cartels at any level. They had to make sure that I could not win so that they could continue their, with their assault on the people of Arizona, with a wide open border, with the cartels in control, pushing drugs across trafficking people, trafficking children. It is absolutely appalling. But wait a minute. Aren't those the children they're taught? They're now like, Oh, they're doing child trafficking. I remember when people were calling them kids, anchor babies, people in this lady's party. I'm old enough to remember that when they didn't like them kids. Now them kids are a prop because of QAnon. The state is going to go to hell in a handbasket if Katie Hobbs is allowed to take control. But she won. She's going to be the, she's, the, I think she's, did she not start her term today? Is that right? Sanctions on you. You've contested this election and really a very well, tightly argued case, which I think has huge grounds for appeal. And they took out the signature verification, which is probably the biggest aspect of it. Man, so the, the way these people talk about signature verification, they act like there's like world renowned handwriting experts and shit doing the signature verification. It's not. It's volunteers. And in in the name of letting as many people vote as possible, they're not super strict on it, because if let's say you have your like my ID, I don't remember. I think I signed my ID last time 10 years ago, eight years ago, something like that. My signature probably changed. You personally write. To, to shut down your yeah. voice and people don't write anymore I'm just looking through uh it's almost comical i mean I, I if i didn't laugh i'd probably pull my hair out because of the insanity of what they did on election day to sabotage our sacred vote and now they're trying to sanction me to pay for their lawyers this is outrageous well yeah when you lose sometimes you have to pay if, if you're the plaintiff in and the judge or the court decides that what you were doing was frivolous, then yeah, sometimes you have to pay some or all of the other side's legal defense. It's to discourage frivolous lawsuits. The, the judge, by the mere fact that he allowed this case to go forward, he looked at our lawsuit, he allowed two of the counts to go forward, shows that it had merit. Hobbs has absolutely no respect for the law. I can't even believe that she didn't recuse herself from this uh, botched election. I bet, I bet she did. I don't, I bet that she had people who were her, uh, who were subordinate to her dealing with the governor's election. I, I can't imagine that not being the case. And I now see why she didn't even campaign. She didn't debate. She hid from people, hid in her basement, had no policy because she knew that she could rig the election and walk into office. And I'm telling you what, Steve, if we don't get serious about turning our elections around and restoring order 
and reforming them. We're not going to have a country much longer. You said we're 45 seconds to midnight. When it comes to our country, that's exactly where we are if we have rigged elections. And the fact that they want to say I had no merit with this lawsuit, I am standing up for the people of this state, the people who were done wrong on Election Day, and the millions of people who live outside of Maricopa County whose vote was watered down by this bogus election in Maricopa. Oh, this idea that like the dense areas water down the votes of the um, rural areas is almost always the argument that will be used in favor of the Electoral College, which is a very undemocratic, small d Democrat, of course, undemocratic way of electing the president. They always go, well, we don't want the where the people live diluting the vote of where the people don't live. It's like, oh, what? All right. I guess that fucking cow over there should decide. County, the people of Arizona want me to stand up for them and get some answers as to what happened in our election. We really should have our elected officials doing that. Where is the governor? Why is he not standing up? Where are all these elected officials? Why well, he, he's not the governor anymore. They, I like how they continue to call her an Arizona governor candidate, like almost two months after the election that she lost standing up to the way these elections are run where they're changing the ballot on election day to sabotage our vote yeah it's outrageous Mar- and i won't maricopa, stop if they think this maricopa, will make me stop they're wrong Mar- maricopa county it's a global situation. Well, this is this week we're now into this week yeah just ask the forty thousand dead women and children in ukraine and the people taking the incoming shelling today in eastern ukraine Ask right. the people in Taiwan, in the South China Sea. Ask them right now how important Maricopa County was to change in the direction. Wait, what? Ask. What is it? What? No, that doesn't. Have, those people don't give a fuck about Kerry Lake in Maricopa County. The people getting bombed in Ukraine. They're like, hey, what do you think about the Arizona election in 2022? They're like, the fuck are you talking about? Run. Grand <laughs> Valley, or the people in New York City, where the mayor's asking for a billion dollar bailout. Where do we stand right now in the process? What, what, walk our audience through. What? Do, what do you say? You're not going to give up. What, how does that manifest itself today? She's going to keep doing media hits. Well, really quickly, what you just said, all of these things are interconnected. And when we have rigged elections, Steve, this is the result. We're on the verge of a world war. We've got inflation that's out of control. We have a border that's wide open, shockingly wide open, about to get worse. We've got drugs falling into our children's hands. We have outrageous things being taught to our children in school. This is the result like history? of stolen elections. It started even before 2020. We've got to get control of our elections. We're going to appeal this. We've sent our response uh, when it comes to the sanction. We've sent our response over to the judge. And uh, we think that there's we had absolute merit with this lawsuit. And we're going to appeal it and take it even higher. Because we believe that if we can even get some of these other counts, you mentioned the signature verification. If the good people of Arizona saw what constituted a fair signature on these mail-in ballots, I guarantee you they would stand up and say no more mail-in. How much do you think it would cost to hire like 500 handwriting experts to examine the fucking signatures like with a magnifying glass and shit? Like, and then she'd just be complaining about all these woke handwriting experts, probably, and how much that cost, and she still couldn't win the election. Ballots. It is outrageous what they let go through as a real signature. Nobody in their right mind, if you were blind in one eye and half blind in the other, you would not have approved these signatures. And they- Well, to be fair, if you're vision impaired, you probably shouldn't be doing signature checking anyway, though, if you are vision impaired... 
I bet there are other things you can do to volunteer during the next election and don't let that fucking stop you. They're letting them go through by the tens of thousands. Uh, in, as far as the process goes, are you going to appeal this week? Because I think uh, I know people don't like this, but I think on the mail in ballot, they should give you like a little, little, little ink pad or whatever. And you should fucking thumbprint that fucker and they should match it with the thumbprint they have for you on file at the DMV. Boom. You're done. The inauguration yes. would be next week. So it'll be, you're going to appeal this week. We're appealing this week. As a matter of fact, right before I came on, I was on the phone with my attorney. I'm going to call him as soon as I'm done here. and We're going to work through uh, our appeal plan. You know, this is a, a shortened window. That's why the the trial came on so quickly and we only had two days to prove our case. No, that's probably because you didn't have your shit together. I think she was so sure she was going to win that she didn't really have a plan for the dumbassery that she was going to have to do afterwards if it was a squeaker and she lost. We had hundreds, we had, we had a thousand documents for the judge to go over, hundreds of pages for him to look through. He told us he was- He has a staff. The judge has a staff. Going to look through those before he made his ruling. We had the sore room. Uh, all kinds of witnesses <laughs> who worked with MCTEC, who talked about a, a lack of chain of custody, who talked about a lack of signature verification. Right, you shouldn't be able to vote actually unless you have perfect penmanship. We have so much evidence in this case. We wish we could have presented it to show the whole world in court, but we only had five hours to make our case, which is very unfortunate for the people of Arizona. Uh, Carrie, how do people uh, get to you on social media and how do they get to you? Uh, Don't follow Carrie Lake on. So I follow Carrie Lake on social media, but that's for like, you know, reasons, show reasons. So up next, we haven't been covering this, this, this that much. Um, it's just, kind of mainstreamy politics and we try to we try to stay on the fringes where we belong around here but there's this george santos guy he was elected to the house of representatives and um tulsi gabbard on fox news i believe subbing for tucker but i'm not sure maybe she has her own show now but she interviewed him and i thought when i heard that she was going to be the one interviewing him that she was going to like softball him and like try to let him engage in apologia and like try to be like, oh, this is a this is the left doing a hit job. And I bet he thought that's what was gonna happen too. Uh, but that's what didn't happen. So I say let them fight. Um, the reality is is that I remain committed to doing everything I set forward in my campaign. I'm not a fraud, I'm not a fake. I I, I didn't materialize from thin air. I worked damn hard to get where I got my entire life. Life wasn't easy. It didn't start off easy. As I've said it many, many times, I come from abject poverty. I made some mistakes and I own up to them. The, and now I want to put this thing past is, me so I can deliver for the American people. So that's the first clip. There's another clip. And I chose not to run this whole thing, mostly because time constraints. But also, like, if we're going to run, like, whole interviews, that's usually what the um, what the post game is for. We usually run longer form stuff in the post game or Wednesday night or uh, Thursday, which is the uh, absolute long form night. Here, uh, here's another clip. We got a couple more clips of this. Here's a here's a full whataboutism from this guy. Apparently, it's okay if you fabricate your entire backstory because someone else told a lie. I haven't seen this clip, but I feel like that's what he's going to say. <clears throat> and I don't like whataboutism because if like somebody's uh, like an abuser, if they're abusing, I don't know, people in their house, they don't, and the cops come and arrest them for it, right? They don't ever really be like, well, the guy down the way kicks his dog. 
so you need to let me go. The thing is, Congressman-elect, uh, integrity means, yes, carrying yourself with honor, but it means it means telling the truth, being a person of integrity. Of and if I were one of... Imagine Tulsi Gabbard, like, being able to lecture you on being a person of integrity. Like, what kind of fucking scumbag do you got to be for Tulsi Gabbard to somewhat credibly sit there and be able to lecture you about integrity? in new york's third district right now now that the election is over and i'm finding out all of these lies that you've told not just one little lie or one little embellishment these are blatant lies M my question is do you have no shame do you have no shame in the people well, who are now you're asking to trust why didn't you stop like what a bad interviewer if you're going to ask somebody do you have no shame you say do you have no shame and then you stop and you let them squirm but if you say, do you have no shame? And then you keep fucking talking, you give them time to formulate an answer. Voice for them, their families and their kids in Washington. Tulsi, I can say the same thing about the Democrats and, and the party. Look at Joe Biden. Joe Biden's been lying to the American people for 40 years. He's the president of the United States. Democrats resoundly support him. Do they have no shame? This, look, this is, yep, yep. Look, uh, the president lied sometimes. Well, no shit, everybody fucking lies sometimes, dude. But, like, <laughs> there's a difference between, like, fabricating your whole backstory and, like, telling politically convenient lies. Yeah, both are bad. But fabricating your whole backstory is just a next level of, like, the balls. The fucking balls that you have to have to do that. This I've is, made this very this clear. Is not, this I is made, not about the Democratic Party, though. This is... Well, this is not about the, this is cut in weird places. There's another clip. There's another clip here. We'll, we'll, we'll pull this one up. Oh, there's, there's several more. Everyone wants to nitpick at me is the name of the next clip. You fabricated your whole backstory is not nitpicking. Nitpicking is like, oh, you said, you know, when you said this, it sounded like, you know, I mean, we nitpick at people all the time, right? We'll nitpick it. Like when Eric Weinstein is talking, the fucking if it's Eric Weinstein on the intellectual dollar tree, that's fucking nitpick Eric Weinstein hour. And some people like it and some people don't. And that's just the way it goes. The criticisms being leveled at this guy are not nitpicking. It's like most of what you said your resume is, is fabricated. <laughs> that's not nitpicking. Nitpicking would be like you spelled something wrong on your resume. Not about the Democratic Party, though. This is about your relationship, no, frankly, with the people who've entrusted you to go and and fight for them. And I think one of the questions that that really probably hits home to a lot of people is is Are you Jewish? We, we've got a letter that you're <laughs> like, here. Like that's the thing is like yeah, like I I misspelled something or I lied about a little. Like I wasn't the like the senior software designer. I was like a mid level software designer on your resume. Is different than just being like well as a Jewish person. And then it turns out that you. Nothing, you're not ethnically Jewish. You've never been religiously Jewish. Like, like, oh, I lived in a Jewish neighborhood once, actually. Get the fuck out of here. Which reads as follows. As a proud American Jew, I've been to Israel numerous times for educational, business, and leisurely trips. You said there in that letter that you are, quote, a proud American Jew. How do you, how do you explain that? My heritage is Jewish. I've always identified as Jewish. I was raised a practicing Catholic. I think I've gone through this. Even I right, but not not 
being raised a practicing Jew, I've always joked with friends and circles, even with in the campaign, I'd say, God. Oh, Tulsi hates this guy because he's gay. Good job, chat. That's right. But we, do we even know that he's gay? I mean, he lied about everything. My gaydar is pretty good, but he's this guy's such a prolific liar that I'm just going to like, I just don't know if I can like put my finger on any of any of any of this, actually. I'm Jew-ish. Remember, I was raised Catholic. So wait, I'm Jew. Did he just he didn't just. The Chiron under it says it, too. Not a facade. I'm not a persona. I, I have an extensive career that I worked really hard to achieve. And I'm going to deliver from my experience because I remain committed in delivering results for the American people. I campaigned on inflation. I campaigned on crime. I campaigned on education. I campaigned on delivering resolve for the American people. That's what the people of the 3rd Congressional District heard me on and on as I campaigned. Now it's going to be up, uh, incumbent upon me to deliver on those results. And I look forward to servicing, you're, you're servicing exactly and, right. and serving my, pe my district. I look forward to serving the, my people results, in my district to make sure that they see that, that this is what looking for. Like, I think she might have wanted to softball this, but this guy's this this guy's such a dumb fuck that I don't. She probably can't. There's how do you softball this interview? Because everybody in the audience, fucking even like the even the people that are really glad that he won because it flipped the house, they're like super glad that he won and probably wouldn't even like. You know, they wouldn't be like, well, all of this should disqualify him, right? They're still like, why like why lie in the way that you're lying? It's not so much that he's lying, it's it's like the, the just the blatantness, the, the like the pure like I said before, the balls, the absolute balls to tell the kinds of lies this guy was telling. Here we go, here's more. The results that people are looking yeah, well, for I are called into question when you tell blatant lies, not embellishments. And this is, this is, I think, one of the biggest concerns, Congressman-elect, is that you don't really seem to be taking this seriously. You've apologized, you said you've made mistakes, but you've outright lied. A lie is not an embellishment on a resume. You said you worked at Goldman Sachs and Citigroup, but they've said, we've got no record of this guy working for us. You've said you've gone to and graduated from these universities, but they've said, well, we've got no record of that. These are blatant lies, and it calls into question how your constituents and the American people can believe anything that you may say when you are standing on the floor of the House of Representatives, supposedly. That's actually his lies are protected from all responsibility. No libel, no slander, no defamation of character. Like, that's why he wanted to get in the House of Representatives so he could start, like, telling even bigger lies that other people might sue him for fucking defamation about. He's trying to up his lying game. That's why he ran. Fighting for them. That's the real issue here. Well, look, I, and I, I agree with what you're saying. And as I stated, and I continue, we can debate my, my resume and how I worked. No, we can't debate your resume. I mean, we can, but you're just going to lie about it some more firms such as Goldman is it and debatable or is it long. just false but, uh, no is it's it debatable very, no, or is it's very it just debatable false? i no no it's not false at all wait he went from i worked at Citigroup and goldman to well it's actually a matter of debate whether or not i worked at come on man either fucking worked there or you didn't like release your taxes motherfucker if you worked for these companies that'd be right there on your taxes oh no this guy's taxes are a mess right oh no 
call. It's it's debatable. I can I can sit down and explain to you what you can do in private equity, in, in capital intro, via servicing limited partners and general partners. And we can have this discussion that's going to Wait, go was he servicing them. limited partners? And I shouldn't even fucking... No, no, no I'm not going to do it. People's head. But that's not what I campaigned on. I campaigned on delivering results wow. for the American people by, by lowering inflation. I can sit down and if you want to have that discussion, I'd be glad to, Tulsi, to explain that to you Co- and make sure that we... But as a person who just inflated your own fucking CV, how can you tell me that you're going to stop inflation? This guy is... This guy inflated himself. We, we settled the score. That this is not about settling scores, and I think you just you just kind of highlighted, I think, my concern, the concern that people at home have. You're saying that this discussion will go way... The mainstream Republicans are terrified of this guy. They're terrified of this guy because they, they what are they going to do? This is like this is like a, a Latino man. He's supposedly gay. They probably touted that shit. They probably acted like, look, we're a big tent party. Not all not all Latinos, and not all gay people will share your views. And then it turns out they found a Latino gay guy that shares their views that he's just cuckoo birds and fucking fabricated his whole fucking thing. <laughs> this could not be going worse for the Republican Party. Of the heads of the American people basically insulting their intelligence. So not only are you now backtracking on these lies that you've told, but but you're saying that you can't explain it in a way that your constituents would actually be able to understand. I can explain it in a way if you give me me the time, I can easily give the, uh, if you give me the time, I can easily explain it for you as, as in when investors are looking for capital and I'm sitting there doing due diligence on the, on the appetite and what they're looking for. Wait, no, what do you mean you're doing due diligence for who? Like, you, he's like, I went to work for this place. And he's like, well, I was kind of looking at what some of these investors were doing. And I was kind of, you know, doing a little bit of hobbyist due diligence. Like, I don't know. Isn't that the same as working there? It's like, you know, I am a, I've DJ equipment over there. So if you actually, if you, if you don't mind, I'm a, my name is uh, Paul Oakenfold. And I was a resident at Cream for 30 years. Like, that's that's the level of what he's doing. It's fucking bonkers. All right, let's check the last clip of this out. He's like, I can, the Chiron, the Fox Chiron person is the real hero. <laughs> like, look at this Chiron. If you're listening to the the pod, obviously, you can't look at this Chiron. It's rep-elect George Santos to Tulsi. I can explain. Everybody just wants to push me and call me a liar. Look, I embellish my... Well, I mean, yes. It's everybody... If you tell lies, everybody... They don't want to call you a liar. It's just like the natural human response, right? People that have never met this guy and didn't know anything about him before all this weren't, weren't just sitting there going, man, I wish there was a... A guy named George, I could just run around and call a liar. No, George, people are people have to call you a liar because otherwise now they're lying. I did. Congressman Alexantos, we, we've given you a lot of time. I think the time that is owed is to the people of New York's third. Uh, it's hard to imagine how they could possibly trust your explanations when you're not really even willing to admit the depth of your deception to them. Thank you so much for being here and joining us. Thank you, Tulsi. Now, this time of year, it is good. So she was about to jump into like the war on Christmas or some shit. But 
Tulsi Gabbard, who basically lied about being a member of a cult when she was running for president, being able to like drop like morality on you for being dishonest is amazing. It's amazing. And I mean, she was in a position to do that. But so I think even Donald Trump might have been in a position to call that guy a liar. I think like we've watched a lot. Uh, Russell hyphen J. Colin Gould, who thinks he's the postmaster general of the universe, might have been able to question that guy's resume. <laughs> With like authority, he'd be like, no, no, I think you're lying. This is not how you behave in the now space. You can't lie in the now space like this. We can't. I am the postmaster general of the universe, and I can't have a member of a different country with a post office just lying like this to you, to everyone, hyphen colon till day. Here's Lauren Boebert on uh, men and the state of men. I don't want it to damage the future of uh, uh, of women in in our country, um, future generations, and and not just women, men too. Men have been demonized, and you're only it's only okay to be a man now if you identify as a woman, whatever mm. that is, right? Well, that what you just said, like it doesn't even make sense on its own terms. I understand that it was just transphobic, tra- like transphobic, not dog whistling. We'll call that foghorning. It was transphobic foghorning. But even what she just said there, even if you like believe what she believes, which I don't think many people who listen to this or watch this do, but even if you do like what she just said, doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, and, and, and so there's so much that we have to stand for right now. Are Amplified sounding. Our country completely. Yeah. Like, like, I don't know if you're going to fucking, if like, listen, it's fine with me. If you're going to do your transphobia and it's just going to be like a bunch of fucking word salad. Like, it's fine with me. Don't get me wrong. But like for the purpose of what uh, she's trying to do, it would be nice if she like was going to go that. Well, it wouldn't be nice. Again, I feel like that's the wrong thing to say for the purpose of what she's going to do for her uh, bad ends. It would be more effective for her to not speak in fucking incomprehensible word salad. I make more sense when people start complaining at me. They're like, I think you might Dave, Dave, you're done. I think you might have had too many drinks. They don't do that anymore because I don't get fucking trashed on streaming anymore. But geez, like I've, I've been at a bar where some drunk person wouldn't leave me alone and they made more sense than Lauren Boebert. So <clears throat> we're not going to run this whole thing. I debated even putting it on the docket, but this is a libs of TikTok. Um, I'm not going to use her real name because I don't, I don't even want to fucking consider the possibility that this is a real person. Here's her on. Here's just a couple clips of her on Tucker. Uh, I combined the two clips into one, and you'll be able to see where I combine them. It'll go to. It'll fade to black. Um, and uh, I don't know if you can't see that on the pod. That's because you're not watching the video or tuning in live. Thing on here. Do you have any theories? I think there's um, there's something so unique about. The LGBTQ community has become this cult and it's so captivating and it pulls people in so strongly. Yeah, me too. I mean, I just really, man, I just really like dick. It is, I've had dick that is captivating. It's usually a result of the body and mind that it is attached to, but yes, and being gay has been captivating for me. Any other queer people in the chat being gay, trans, bisexual, lesbian, has also been captivating for you because it's like 
your it's like your identity and it's the depending on the issue of course it's going to be the lens through which you see the world so yeah it's captivating unlike anything we've ever seen um and they they brainwash um people to join and they convince them of all of these things um and it's really, really hard to get out of it. It's really difficult. And, and there are studies on this. Like there have been, there's been a lot of reporting on this about people, uh, parents who are like, you know, my child is, is starting to say, you know, that they're non-binary or transgender or whatever. And how, what do I do? How do I, how do I stop this? And it's really, really difficult. It, it's, it's unlike anything we've ever seen, I think. Um, it's extremely poisonous. But do you see a spiritual component to any of this? Oh no, is she going to do a fucking Protocols of the Elders of Zion? Um. <laughs> oh no, she's not, she's not ready for this. She's not media trained. I see, she should do more media hits. She should do more media hits because she's kind of bad. She's like kind of doing talking point soup. I think like this hit's not too bad because Tucker's a, fuck Tucker Carlson, but he's a fairly good broadcaster. And mostly what he's able to do is save people from themselves. And I think she's not ready for this. And that's fine. Like most people aren't ready to do an interview with Tucker Carlson. Oh, I'm ready. But, you know. Don't have to answer that if you don't want. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Well, I do. I do. I, think, I don't think this is, makes sense at all. No, it, it, makes, it doesn't make any sense. Um, and I think, I think they're just, I think they're evil. They just all, yo, fuck this lady. She's not media trained, but fuck this lady. I think they're evil. What do you just mean? Do you mean me? You mean a, a non-insignificant portion of the people that watch my show? A non-insignificant portion of my neighbors who I've never met? We're just evil. Um, and, and sometimes we try to, we try to, to, um, to break it down a lot. And, you know, we, we try to give specifics information, you know, we try to break it down. And she's like, you know, I'm just like really good actually at uh, a few simple bigoted talking points. So I'd like it if we could sort of stay in the realm of just calling uh, queer people evil, actually, Tucker, if that's okay. We discuss like why this is happening, what's happening and whatever. And I think sometimes the simplest answer is like, they're just evil. They're bad people. But no, you don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't, I don't think that that everybody who isn't as accepting of trans people as I am is evil. I think a lot of them are misguided. Uh, I think a lot of them are going to change their mind the same way people did with gay people. She's like, Oh, they're just, they're not talking about like the activists either. They're like the LGBTQ plus community that we're just evil. Just all of us. If you were to go tell a Republican that in 2008, the average Republican, even a kind of a right-leaning Republican in 2008, they'd have probably been like, whoa, I don't know about that. There's some activists I don't like, but let's not, you know, let's not, get, let's not be too crazy here. Now, here we are in 2022, when I thought, like, after Oberfell, I thought, ah, I think the temperature's going to turn down on um, queer people. I probably would have said gay people at the time, because I was a little, not maybe not so up to speed on trans and uh, uh, gender non-conforming people or whatever. but. The temperature did not get turned down. It got turned down for a while and it got turned right the fuck back up, didn't it? They're just evil people. And they want to. And they want to groom kids. Just all of us. Yeah. They're recruiting. Um, 
sent a reporter after, like literally after you. Her name is what, and she did what? If you could. They did not send a reporter. I mean, I I don't know. She had like millions. Like people were. What do you mean, send a reporter after you? What the fuck else does a reporter do except go after a story and the people involved? Fill in those blanks. So her name is Taylor Lorenz, also known as Tay Tay. Tay Tay. Tay Tay. That's her name. And who calls her that? So I call her that. And (laughs) that's pretty original, man. I think this. So I think there's more going on here. I think this gal, if I had to guess, I think this gal made the Twitter accounts and all that and made the uh, Instagram and TikTok accounts. But as soon as it started to pick up some traction, I think, I think like organized groups kind of got together, like groups, anti-trans, anti-queer groups got together and started sort of helping her manage it. Because I don't think she's necessarily dumb, but I don't think that she's. I don't think she's the person behind all of this stuff. (laughs) I made it up. (laughs) And that's why is that funny? Also, she looks a little bit like Taylor the Ren. Wait a minute. This is bizarre world. Taylor the Ren's. My goal is that people start referring to her as that. And it's kind of, that's a cute nickname. If that was my friend and I was, I was drunk and her name was Taylor. We were just hanging out. I'd be like, Hey, Tay Tay. And she'd be like, Hey, what's up, Dave? Like, that's a cute nickname. It's not even like Crooked Hillary or whatever. It's just Tay-Tay. That's a cute nickname for your friend named Taylor. Lib's a TikTok lady. Isn't very good at this. Printed. I forget which news outlet printed it. Like, Tay-Tay. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is my dream. (laughs) (laughs) Because you understand something that most conservatives don't, which is when you control the language, you control the conversation. (laughs) If you, when you refer to her next, if you say. But the, it, I don't know what the, the kind of story behind the Tay Tay nickname is or whatever, but that's a fucking cute ass nickname. I would definitely call a friend of mine named Taylor. I'd be like, what's up, Tay Tay? I wouldn't think it insulting in any way at all. Chad is telling me that I'm not seeing the forest for the trees right now. That could be possible. Anyway, One American News Network interviewed a Generation Z trans activist, and it's, uh, you know, it's probably just as bad as you think it is. Do you think the parents know what's happening in the schools, or do you think it's kind of going above their heads? They're kind of trying to keep it a secret amongst the students. It seems like there's uh, some efforts being made to keep the parents uninformed. Well, there's a little bit of both, but I think parents are definitely waking up. They see that teachers are pushing their uh, their gender ideology on students, you know, telling them whether they're non-binary or... What is this? And I just believe that children need to go to school and they need to get an education. And, you know, maybe they even need to learn about God in school. That, that would no, no. A lot. Now, well, actually, when you know what, when schools make like a uh, uh, effort to teach kids about different religions, the fucking parents lose their damn minds. When they try to do like comparative religion, where they'll be like, "This is Christianity. This is Islam. This is what some pagan religions believe. This is what Hindus believe. Jewish people believe this. It's somewhat similar to Christianity. Sometimes not similar to Christianity." And there are people with no faith at all. The fucking Christian parents all lose their goddamn minds when the schools try to do that, actually. 
And I think the schools should do that. Kids are going to encounter religion in their lives. So schools absolutely should teach about religion, the history of religion and comparative religion. The problem is they just teach about it and they don't tell you which one's the right one and the parents get hell mad. The health board over there has also come out saying that the hormone blockers and uh, gender-affirming care is dangerous for children. Do you think we can take the steps to make that happen here? If it's happening in the UK, why isn't it happening in the US? Well, it's happening in certain states. Like we discussed, the Florida, there's Texas, and the governors here is calling them bullies. No, the people that are being bullies are the ones grooming the children and, and literally uh, uh, se- like sex- getting sexual with children in schools. That's not okay. They need to learn the curriculum, math, English, science. Get back to the basics. You ask any biologist, they'll tell you there's two genders. T- no, that's actually, if you ask fucking people who study human biology and you say, how many genders are there? They're like, well, that's not a question for me that's probably a question for a sociologist but my understanding is that uh gender is a spectrum and the people expect you know express themselves differently depending on their upbringing and just kind of who they are and that's what the average biologist would probably tell you because they're probably friends with a sociologist or a cultural anthropologist you ask them how many sexes they are they'd be like well it's a bimodal distribution most people are either male or female but there are people who have different chromosomal things uh different what is it telomeres is that right is it telomeres or i forget what it is and then different uh like uh, expression of gonads and uh like everything's actually way more complicated yeah hey there's two different gametes uh, oh gametes not telomeres telomeres is the thing that they didn't let brett weinstein have a, a nobel prize because of anything else unless they're a woke biologist obviously unless they're a woke biologist <laughs> i would like to hire a non-woke biologist Oh my God. All right. Um, what else do we have here? So this is Christiane Northrup. I don't think we've played any clips of her, but I've been fairly aware of her as I've been sort of on the dystopia beat looking at conspiracy communities and cult-like groups. <clears throat> she used to be like a medical professional of some kind, but now she's like a weird cult leader. She used to be like, uh, like super like liberal in her signaling, but then like, during covid it became advantageous for her to stop being like so liberal in her signaling and um now she's gonna say that uh she's gonna talk about a hospital she used to work at in a in a way that's kind of troubling and um you know like this might be one of them times that's like hey everybody you know maybe i don't know if you're if you're not into hearing what she's about to say you could mute the channel if you're uh you know particularly sensitive to threats of violence or whatever And I would like to have some grenades to throw at the medical center where I was on staff for 35 years that now has a gender reassignment clinic. That's the Barbara Bush Medical Center. That's a Barbara Bush Medical Center, too. Known leftist Barbara Bush. You think Barbara Bush, if she was alive, would she be a turf or would Barbara Bush be like, oh, you go on with your bad self? I feel like Barbara Bush would probably be like, you go on with your bad self. I've listened to young woke gynecologists from Boston Children's crowing, purring about doing. Well, those are furries. We've been concerned about furries. They're not in the schools, actually. All the furries are becoming gynecologists and they're purring, I guess. Gender affirming hysterectomies. Whoa. Whoa. I should have put that in red light. That was wild. That was only 26 seconds. That was the lot of anti-trans bigotry. She stuffed 
the most anti-trans bigotry and like calls to action in um her 26 second clip I, I can't imagine we could ever watch that full interview and not get ourselves kicked off of Twitch, but I don't know. We've been reporting the Deanna Plus channel for a long time. That channel has videos about Massachusetts, and they haven't removed her yet, so who knows? Anyway, Southwest Airlines has been taking some heat in the press, but don't worry. They're sorry. Tonight we have two palate cleansers, and uh, this is, in fact, one of them. Yeah, and thank you so much for having me. So on behalf of Southwest Airlines, I would like to say that we, uh, that we fucked, can I say we fucked up? We, I can't, okay, so we effed up. <laughs> we did, we effed up completely. Um, so the holidays change every year. We never know what to expect. Um, we don't actually watch the weather. We like to be surprised. Um, and so, um, yeah, and the way our system is set up at Southwest is actually that we don't have a system. So we have to <laughs> let go and let God policy and and this past week god has been gone like we can't we we don't know where he is so um we are trying to figure that out we will definitely have it figured out by you know what's funny is this is probably better than their actual statement like not just that it's more funny but like at the beginning when she was like we effed up i bet they didn't even say any version of that in their actual statement and i love this lady blair i know she stepped in it a couple times but she's funny tomorrow and if not tomorrow definitely tuesday or wednesday of the week after next um, I will say to please stop sending us pictures of your family sad like Hartsville Jackson because we are trying to enjoy the holidays with our families. It does bum us out to see you being poor. So just- <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Fuck yeah, Blair. Yo, you are this lady is so funny. Be on one of our Southwest flats, listening to one of our wonderful flat attendants tell uh, one of their silly little jokes on the intercom while you look for your children um, on the plane. <laughs> I'm just telling you the statements that came out of Southwest, like at the very beginning, she was like, oh, we fucked up. Oh, I'm not supposed to say that. But like the Southwest statements were actually like, even if that was the real statement from them, it would have been like less, less troublesome to the people who were having problems getting home and were stuck in the airport one at least it was funny but two like just the acknowledgement at the beginning that they fucked up like more people need to just be able to go on tv or whatever and be like nope we fucked up uh yeah i'm i'm the spokesperson so i fucked up no we don't have a fix for it right away we're sorry i don't know you know like oh anyway Apparently, Don Jr. is selling Bibles and, you know, his audience is probably the right people to sell a Bible to because they probably don't go to church. They probably don't know that you can just go to the church and they'll probably just give you a Bible. As with American Judeo-Christian values under attack, there could be no better time than to re-up our commitment to America and to the Christian values that this country was founded on. Go check out the We the People Bible, made in America, printed in America, assembled in America. You're going to love it. And I think the- and all the shit about Jesus telling you to help the poor, we've removed it. People in your life probably need it too. <laughs> if I had nothing, literally nothing else to do all day, uh, we would have made our own excerpts from the We the People Bible. It's like that turn the other cheek one. It's like if somebody smacks you, shoot them. I don't know what the exact wording of that is, but like, you know, the turn the other cheek one would be amazing. Somebody insults you, call them a pedophile, and it shall be done. 
So our power went out last night for our, I'd call it a New Year's Eve celebration, but really we were watching an Orange County Board of Supervisors meeting and then I was going to play some house music as everybody exited the room. Um, but don't worry, Donald Trump answered some questions last night at his Mar-a-Lago uh, New Year's Eve party. Uh, it was a uh, fucking classy, classy as fuck of Donald Trump actually to show up with uh, Melania on his arm and not uh, our first lady Ivanka on his arm. Audio on this is fucking awful. Mr. President, the DOJ and FBI have weaponized against you. Will you commit to going after them in your second term? I think it's a disgrace what's happened with the FBI and with the weaponization of justice. There's never been anything like this, and it is disgraceful. And thank you for that question. Well, that wasn't very good. I apologize about that, but I don't think people hang out here because everything's always really good here. Um, I think it would be it'd be very funny to force him to take questions from people who don't like him sometime. So now we have another palate cleanser. This has this is apolitical, and le- to to the extent maybe even the Beastie Boys were a little political when they were a band, but like this is. I mean, I I don't even have words for how, how good this video edit is. So we're all going to kind of chill for a minute and check this out. Podcast listeners, you got to watch the video. part is the best his mannerisms are like the beastie boy the beaker mannerisms are like the beastie boys with their hands kind of close to their fate oh the beaker part is the best hold on we got to go back and we got to get to the beginning of beaker here we go Yeah, I saw that and I was like, that has to go on the docket. Like usually it's all doom and gloom and shit around here. I'm like, we gotta we gotta put that on the docket. The beaker part was the best. His hand mannerisms, I think it might have been Mike, yeah. His hand mannerisms were like <clears throat> Here's Tiny Dancer Ben. You are defined by the roles you play. Meaning comes from those roles, not how you define yourself. So this is a philosoph- philosophy lecture from Tiny Dancer Ben. 
And it's also five minutes, 44 seconds. So it gives me time to refill my drink. There's nothing wrong with saying I care about my family more than I care about everybody else. I do care about my family more than I care about everybody else. And, if, and everyone does. And if they say they don't, they're lying. And whenever somebody says I'm a citizen of the world, I care about everybody equally, they're completely full of shit. That's not true at all. And anybody who claims that in the name of their love for all of humanity, they get to run humanity is a tyrant. And so, you know, recognizing that the, the way to live a durable life and the, and the things that are important is to embed yourself in these structures that are durable and good and positive, you're going to live a happier life. And I think we're leading an unhappier life because we have decided that what we really are in the end is, a, is my subjective sense of authenticity. What I am is what I want. My desires are me. Your desires are not you. What you are is your action in the world, particularly with regard to people that you care about and others. That is how you interact with the world. And when your desires are you, what that means is that the only no, wait way a minute. good world is if all of society wait a minute. No, no, no. desires back at you. Actually, how you interact with people who you don't already have a personal relationship with is more important. Yeah, I know. I left the, uh, left the fucking camera on my empty chair. But like what, it's how you treat people that you don't already know, I think. How do you treat someone, how do you treat the person serving you food? How do you treat the person at 7-Eleven if they fuck up and it's taking forever? How do you treat the person in front of you at 7-Eleven if they lost their wallet and are like looking for their wallet and you're in a hurry? Like these are actually the interactions I think that tell us what kind of person you are. <clears throat> Not, are you nice to your mom? Get the fuck out of here. And society's not capable of mirroring all your desires back at you, nor will that fulfill you anyway. You're just narcissist at that point. You're looking in the mirror and you're saying, this is the God that I worship. That's not the way that that works. For all of human history, it's been duties that make people feel embedded. It's been the things that you do for other people and duties that you fulfill to the world that make you feel good. The, the best example that I use about this is, you know, if you want to know what people think of their lives, when they sum up their lives, and what makes people fulfilled. All you have to do is go to a cemetery. Go to a cemetery and read the tombstones. If you go to a cemetery and you read the tombstones, they all say the same stuff. No, no, no. Somebody who the fucking somebody who was alive wrote the shit on the tombstone, you dumb motherfucker. By the time it's by the time people get your tombstone, unless you're like really rich, you dead and somebody else decides what's on your fucking tombstone. They don't say was transgender. They don't say engaged in this many sexual activities they not, not yet say, not yet they not, might soon though i don't think they ever will no but it probably might say things like what uh, husband and father wife and mother that every every one of them is going to say beloved husband beloved father beloved mother but, beloved but yeah, wife. yeah but that's that tells you that they were heterosexual or at least that's what they presented to the world ben beloved beloved sister right you know, i'd like it to say on my tombstone would have would have hooked up with Ben Shapiro if, if if it was late enough and people had had enough alcohol. That's what I wanted to say. Just would have hooked up with Ben Shapiro. That should be on my tombstone. It is roles that you play in the world that are good because we were built for those roles. Evolutionarily, we're built for those roles. Human beings are incredibly adaptive, but there are certain roles that are just common to all cultures. And when we take those roles and we destroy them because they make demands on us and we don't like demands. But if you say that you have a role in the world, like... To get back to the dating conversation, your role in the world is to be a good husband. That is a role in the world that you need to fulfill. People are like, oh, I don't want to be a good husband. That, 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 that's a lot of duty. Okay, but that duty is what's going to liberate you. I mean, I've, I've done a duty that I felt liberated afterward. It's going to make you actually capable of living a better life in the world and expanding your own boundaries and your own horizons as to who you are and what you care about. It's going to make you a better person. Marriage makes you a better person. Commitment makes you a better person. Being a parent makes you a better person. It changes who you are. And more importantly, it does something for somebody else that makes you worthwhile. Otherwise, 
Otherwise, what are you? You're a ball of meat walking around with a set of desires and then you die. Like, yeah, and that's actually what we all are. It's fucked up. Like, and that's terrifying. It's not a good view of the world, but in the end, we're like a clump of cells that is somehow self-aware and we're like walking around the world and we try to fulfill our desires and to the extent that we can, we try to help other people fill their desires and that's, that's it. And then you die. I'm sorry. That's just, that's just like what seems like that's what requires fewest assumptions, tiny dancer. Well, what, what exactly is the, uh, what is the, what is the thrill of that? I understand. Oh, no, that's why you make your own thrill, Ben. Any sort of true fulfillment or happiness. The ancients understood this. We don't understand this because we've boiled everything down to the Freudian sex impulse. But this is, but, but. Wait, no, wait, the Freudian sex impulse. No, we don't do like the the psychological world doesn't do Freud anymore. You look at any religion, any ancient wisdom, you look at the Greeks, you look at the Romans, you look at Cicero, you look at Aristotle, you look at Plato, you look at, you look at Judaism, you look at Christianity, you look at Catholicism, you look at, you look at Islam, you get any serious system of thought that, is, that has abided for thousands of years, and they all say the same thing. And what they all say is that pursuit of temporary joy is not the same thing as happiness. And that the way that you actually reach, you know, to, to you know, paraphrase Russell Crowe in, in, in Gladiator, the way that you echo into eternity is not by pursuing your personal desires, but by fulfilling your duties. And then there's, and there's, and what's beautiful about that is that there, there are actual swaths of freedom in how you perform those duties. That's where the choice comes in, right? I'm a good parent, which means I get to decide how I raise my kid within certain boundaries. I don't get to abuse my children. I don't get to teach them things that are overtly false. You know, People, no, you actually can teach your children things that are false. I think that there are parents who are doing that. You now. can't abuse your children, but yeah, you can teach your kids things that are false. Like treating their kids sort of like small dogs or, or, or purses and treating them, you know, as treating your kids like they're a purse. But you know, the, the, the idea that, that you as a parent have responsibilities, but that you have freedoms within that responsibility, where I send my kid to school, how I choose to, you should send your kid to the public school that your zip code is for. And then you should do everything you can to lobby your government, to make that public school as good as it can possibly be. Raise my kid in terms of the values that they hold within certain specified boundaries without destroying the role itself. Like that's where that's where the fun in life lies. I get their boundaries in my marriage, both in is Ben having. Yeah, I don't. Somebody in chat was asking, does Ben have any kids? I hope he does, because it'd be great if his kids started bullying him once they turned twelve. Those boundaries, I get to have all sorts of wonderful and fun experiences with my wife. But it's the boundaries that make the marriage count, right? In the end, it's the boundaries that matter. And if you blur the boundaries or obliterate the boundaries, what you end up with is what Emil Durkheim, the first sociologist, called anime. Anime is a state of anime is like a thing that some cool people watch and some very bad people watch of essentially dispossession and confusion, chaos, internal chaos. And it's generated by, by too many choices, by choice paralysis. And it, it leads to suicidal ideation. It leads people to despair. People need rules of the road. They need things to do. They need relations with other people. They need a place. They need to feel embedded. And when they don't feel embedded, which is what you're seeing in American society right now, the internet has really exacerbated this. Then what you end up with is a bunch of chaotic people who are feeling depressed who are feeling suicidal, who are feeling disconnected from others, who don't feel a purpose for their lives, and then they don't know what to do. And then we turn around, we blame things like, oh, it's intolerance. It's not societal intolerance. Like what happened to his microphone? Look at, look at, I don't know if you can see it on stream. It's the same mic I have, but it's like incredibly scratched up. Did you try to eat it? Because this is, this mic can't be more than two years old. I don't know what happened to this microphone. That's not the problem. The problem is that you don't know what to do when you wake up in the morning. That's the problem. The problem is that you don't know. Fucking, thanks to all of you, I sometimes if I wake up in the morning and don't like it, I can just go back to bed. 
what the next 10 years of your look like of your life look like. That's the problem. And when you ask young people these things, like what what do you see for yourself? If you had asked me, so I, I think, thank God, I've led a really happy life. If you had asked me, it's funny, people say, like, do you see where you are in life as if you were 15 or 16? Do you see Wait, you're not 15 or 16? That this is how your life would have turned out. In some ways, not. I didn't know I was going to be into politics. At 17, I would have said, but once I knew kind of the career path I was going to take. I was like, look at this grift. Do you see this grift that has been laid out in front of me? I would have said, yes. This is exactly what my life was going to look like. I was going to live in a religious community. I was going to be married. I was going to have several children. I was going to live near my parents. I was going to live near my siblings. I was going to send my kids to a school that, that reflected my values. Private and school. I worked really hard. I felt like I was going to be successful business-wise also. So, yeah. Because, I, because I, I sort of knew what were the things I was supposed to do. And we removed all of the guideposts, right? <laughs> He's like, I just did everything I was supposed to do because I'm doing the kind of things I'm supposed to do kind of guy. I don't know. Like, I don't know what I would think of myself now if myself as a teenager saw me. I wouldn't like make up some story about it, though. Like, I don't know. I feel like maybe Ben's like kind of lying there and he thought he was going to be like a screenwriter. Oh, wait, I know that Ben thought he was going to be a screenwriter when he was 17. That's right. That's how he tried to get into the public life was doing screenplays and fucking fiction books and shit. So when he was 17, he didn't think he was going to be like some caustic right wing pundit. He thought he was going to be a fucking screenwriter. He was going to be in the movies, baby. That's what he thought. That's what didn't happen. So tinier dancer Ben is not impressed. We got two more before we go into, I don't know, the, I guess the post game of the whatever. <clears throat> I don't know who uh, Laura, Laura Shin of Unchained is, but uh, she's got Martin Screlly, the farmer bro on, and uh, he's going to give SBF, uh, what is his name? Um, yeah, SBF, the guy from uh, FTX, some advice on how to survive a minimum security prison. Actually going to be somebody that fits into prison. You know, my advice for him includes shaving his head. Uh, my advice for him includes uh, deepening his voice. Sam is going to have a lot of issues because he's a bit of an effeminate guy. And um, his, his sort of demeanor, um, some people say autistic sort of sense uh, or sensibility, what? is not something that goes over well in prison. He also doesn't know anything about the streets and sort of criminal culture which my advice to him is to pick those things. But up. in like it's federal minimum security prison, there's going to be like accountants in there. He can, he should be listening to as much rap music as possible. He should be. Yeah. That's all the accountants in like, this is federal prison. He's not going to a state prison where like a lot of violent, like most violent crimes are state crimes, not federal crimes. Federal prison is it's like fraud and a lot of like internet sex crimes and shit is what's going on in prison in federal prison to learn everything there is to know about gangs, about the tough neighborhoods in every major city. This sounds funny, but this could save your life. Incorrect. For federal prison, this is not true. Federal, most, <clears throat> most violent crimes are state crimes. There's just not a lot of violent criminals in the federal prison system. This is just wrong. Martin Screlly's trying to pretend now he has street cred. <clears throat> Martin Screlly's trying to pretend that he was somewhere that he wasn't. Martin Screlly was a minimum security federal prison where there might not even been a fence and there were people there for like securities fraud. There are also some people there for some internet sex crimes for sure. Um, but anybody who did any kind of, um, 
violent crime was probably not in federal prison with them because those are generally state crimes. Federal crimes involve things that cross state lines generally. Mail fraud, that kind of stuff. Federal crimes are oftentimes like bureaucratic crimes. So Martin Shkreli was just lying there. Our last clip before I uh, take another break and we move on into the red light portion of tonight's talk. And I know we're running behind, but whatever. I'm having fun. Fucking big audience tonight, too. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out. We got Mike Lindell, uh, Mike Pillow, I'm sorry, talking about how he's been doing his research on the head of the RNC, Arona McDaniel, because he's going to unseat her. And if he doesn't unseat her, there was election fraud, even though there's not really an election for the head of the RNC. There are so many problems, Steve. I've spent the last three weeks just doing due diligence within the RNC and the money, just the money itself that it costs to, uh, um, that it costs uh, 40 cents for every dollar that you go out and uh, get from big donors goes to these things. One of them is called data trust. It's like, to me, it's like a big money laundering uh, operation. I haven't, you know, um, he might not be wrong that political parties oftentimes launder money. Don't quote me on that, but I mean, we're still digging. This is disgusting. The wasted frivolous money that goes down the drain and um, the big donors, they deserve better. They deserve, they, we deserve some. Yeah, the fat cats that aren't going to fund me at all. I won't do it, and neither will the big donors in its current condition. And it needs new leadership, and it needs. This is going to be so much fun going into 2023. <clears throat> I think my only prediction, really, for 2023 is oh, I got two, actually. One, Madison Star Moon going to quit. We've been predicting that every year since 2015. And one of these years, we'll get it right. Madison Star Moon going to quit. She's not going to do any more videos where she points at her fucking phone at the sky. But my other prediction for this year, which is a more serious prediction, is that it's going to be really funny watching Mike Pillow try to take over the Republican Party. Like, say what you want about the Republican Party, but they, they don't want nothing to do with this guy. They don't want nothing to do with Mike Pillow. For a minute, they thought maybe they wanted something to do with Mike Pillow, but they don't want nothing to do with Mike Pillow. They're going to probably keep Ronna McDaniel. Uh, we've played clips of her. She says some pretty wild shit, but you know, like all things considered, she's the adult in the room. So, hey, podcast listeners, check this out. <clears throat> I know you're like on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or maybe even like the people who still use Stitcher. This whole show is a freebie. You can go to patreon.com slash echoplex. You don't have to give us any money. You can download... <clears throat> Not just like a replay from Twitch, but like the replay with the audio from the board and the video, like the live capture video here. So it's like a high quality thing. You can grab it. But while you're there, think about signing up. If you sign up at the $5 level or higher, uh, it just gets emailed to you all the time. So fuck yeah. Anyway, thanks everybody. <clears throat> 2020 was a, 2022 was a hell of a year. I know we got cut off last night by the power company, um, but you know, thanks everybody. I think I talked a little bit about this on uh, Conspiracy Bingo too, but we grew so much this year and um, some of it was expected. The media once predicted some of it. Some of it was incredibly unexpected. Um, thanks everybody for all the stuff in this studio. Thank you, lady B for the art you sent us. And uh, just, if you're kind of just hanging out here and not giving us any money at all, any at all, just thanks anyway. And this is boomers by Periscope and uh, I'll be back with more content.
all the goth DJs and Twitch witches are hanging out on Thursday for the bad VHS rips, unblinking eyes, and fire by night. Thetans and Satans comes from an interest in the cult of Scientology, moral panics, Satanism, and how they set the tone for the extremist social media panics of today. We really earn our weird left Twitch badge with this show, watching the world go red light in reverse every Thursday at 9 p.m. Pacific on twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. Find our full schedule at echoplexmedia.com.